Well, welcome back to Point of View. Here's part two of our conversation with Lieutenant Governor Brent Sanford. Um, take us inside the mind of Governor Burgum, because I'm, I'm sure that you communicate with them on, I think many people see North Dakota as a very conservative state. There wasn't any sort of NCAA saying, hey, if you sign this transgender bill, we're going to not play sports there. So walk us through his thought process of vetoing um, the transgender bill for athletics. Uh, that one, again, was was folks reaching out from medical community, from from sports clubs, from economic development organizations, from from families, from students, from college student groups and on one side. And then the other side was was seriously, there's a case in Connecticut where this is something that is it's coming. It's not here yet, but this is something that could be coming. And and then looking at the different regulation that is that the NCAA has that the Olympics are looking at that high school activity association has in the end, it was something where, where, um, in, in the end, it was, it, it was something that, that the governor likes to say, this is, this is really looking for a problem. The problem isn't really here yet. And you know, this is, and this is, so that was, I'm assuming that's kind of where the decision came down on that one. But the, but again, weighing the voices on both sides and, and in the governor's office, we hear from both sides. We don't just hear from one side or the other. So I had a mom reach out to me and I just want to make sure I'm understanding the bill correctly. Um, they were suggesting that because the bill became a law and yes, you have to go through one year of hormone treatment, but that's not necessarily long enough where you potentially, potentially could have a, a biological male who is transgender and to be a woman, but still have male physiology inside of a young woman's locker room, getting ready to play sports and, and, go through what you do in a locker room. Is that accurate or? Well, that, that's that's part of the problem with this whole thing is where did we land? And Got high school it. activities said that they they do have a handle on it. They also said that they're ready, but they're they don't they didn't have cases they could cite that are happening in North Dakota right now. And but the, you hear about these problems in, in prison systems, you hear about these problems. You can imagine all the, the, the case that you rattled off right there. I mean, that that's what that's what everybody's wondering about. What do you do in these cases? And 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 most of us that are that are in the Capitol, I guess, and that we're listening to these bills are hoping that this is something that interim committees take up and take and take a look at. Because when you have a conversation that's this hot, there needs to be a way to get to the bottom of it. And oftentimes a one-page bill or a two-page bill is not going to be able to conceive everything that's around it. Well, you know, one of the biggest issues going into the session when I was talking to legislators is hey. We've got to stop these executive emergency powers. We no longer can have our governor be a king. Um, what happened there? Was there any movement in eliminating some of these emergency powers or not? Yeah, House Bill 1118 was signed. And so so there was a headline, you know, that in the forum that was basically kind of mocking, I guess. But governor signs a bill limiting his powers, you know. So, But 1118, House Bill 1118 was something that I was frankly kind of surprised there wasn't a bill that came right away in January, limiting powers, ending emergency, et cetera. And as as you as you find out, this is it's not that easy when you get 141 people together to decide what they feel the right answer is. If if the if the governor has to put in emergency orders during a, an event like we've recently had, then then after if if they request to come back, that the the I believe the Emergency orders end if the governor doesn't bring them back into special session. So it's something like that where there was not a mechanism in place during COVID. And, and you have to know that the conversations were held constantly 
with majority leaders, minority leaders, committee chairs for human services, et cetera, during the pandemic. And I was a part of a lot of those conversations, but um, the, the mechanism was not in place. They did not have days left over to do it. And now there's a mechanism with House Bill 1118. And there was another bill that was Senate Bill 2124. It was that was similar, that was broader, that was in that was in just other emergencies such as floods and, and fires, et cetera. And that one was deemed to be, you know, really going beyond what you have to have your executive be able to do when you have those type of emergencies. But 1118 survived and came out of both chambers and the governor signed that one. And, and with that, then, did we also limit some of the powers of the state health director? Um, somewhat, Okay. Um, but that, but the, they also beefed the state health officer back up with, with making, you know, a bill that passed that requires a state health officer to be a, a physician, MD. And, um, and now the, at the very end, one of the last bills was to combine human services and health together. So you have a health and human services similar to the federal government. So that would be larger, more nimble organizations, but the state health officer would then be part of that much larger, larger organization. Got it. Last question for you, sir, just to be respectful of your time. Um, I'm sure you're hearing this a ton. I am. I mean, you, you talk to business owners right now and I've, I've got some of them saying to me, Lieutenant Governor, Chris, I'm offering an extra five, $10 an hour. And I can't even get a person to fill out an application. So Montana recently said they're going to end the extra unemployment uh, pay due to the worker shortage. I'm just curious what you're hearing from our business owners. If you guys considered getting rid of this extra unemployment pay to get people uh, back to work. Yeah, that's a good question. It's something where we've seen what Montana has done. The the folks at at uh, workforce at, at uh, Brian Clipful runs um, workforce safety insurance. So WSI and he runs jobs, the um, ND job service. And so, so he's seeing these claims. He's seeing what's happening with, with, um, with employers not being able to get back to business, not being able to get people back on to work. And, and, and that, that conversation happens every day with Brian and with our office on what's best to do there. there it's, a, it's an extreme burden on the state to administer and to put. Thank you so much to our great Lieutenant Governor for joining us today and talking about the legislative recap. And again, what does it mean for you at home? What did they get done for you over the past 80 or so days? We'd love to know your point of view on that. Do you think that, how, and of course, how would you grade the session? Do you think these guys and gals, again, knocked it out of the park, or did they have a few misses? Please share your point of view with us. Very easy to do. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be wrapping things up later. Right